team wasn't communicating really well in the first few possessions. Uh, and then they started applying more pressure, and it started going a little better. Yeah. But, like, overall, the defensive sets, I thought, were, were like, less prone to huge mistakes than, you know, previous weeks. Yeah, their 2-3 their zone is, is better. I think it's really smart that they just, like, they just gave up on man. This team is not going to play a good man. They just decided it was too big a learning curve. Yeah. And now we're just going to play zone. All the players know that's the defense. They're not confused, switching back and forth. And it just seems like the last few games they've just committed to zone. I don't expect to see them play man-to-man defense. I, I feel like we might see the rest man against very good shooting teams. Uh, Louisville coming up. Syracuse coming up. I could they, see don't, they don't strike me as good shooting teams. I think we might see it against UNC. I mean, they have so many good outside shooters. It's possible, but, you know, I think we've been burned so much this year, and it must have been just very frustrating for the coaches, and they just decided, well, zone is, you know, they seem to be a little little more fluid and natural in, in zone. And you sort of know what the issues are. The issues in zone is it's hard to box out. You know, but they're not boxing out playing man, so maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, overall, these three games were... There's some quality wins. I mean, minus the first one against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Who clearly seemed outmatched. I feel like uh, Virginia Tech and Clemson, or Clemson especially, I mean, that was a big game on the road. I know they, they were missing their point guard, right. Shelton Mitchell, and they lost one of their best players early in the season. Obviously, we were without Bagley, but yeah, that, was, that was a big-time game, and it was a tie game. Tough with, environment. With, with two minutes left, it seemed like. It seemed like we were going to lose because we, we lost the eight-point lead. Our offense was just very stagnant. For whatever reason, our bigs, they, they were missing every single little bunny. Yeah. They, they just couldn't convert. Even when they had the ball in position for what seemed to be like an easy conversion, they were just they were just missing. You know, yeah. And some games are like that. The ball just doesn't, doesn't go down. But so let's, it, was, it was impressive. But yeah, good win today. Good win today. Nice run. Zooming out just a little bit, we had lost three of four. Against Virginia, St. John's, and UNC. Uh, the uh, last time St. we recorded. St. John's has not lost since uh, our game with them. Good for them, because, man. I'm uh, glad they're playing well. They're really a good team. <laughs> we turned their season around. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. I mean, they were they're better than I than I thought they were at the time we were losing to them. Uh, but the last time we spoke... Every, everyone laughed at me when I said they're actually a very good 0-11. Uh, you were what, right. What, what conference are they in? Are they in the Big East? They're in the Big East. They've been in yeah. the Big East for years. If you look at their, their 11 losses, they're actually pretty competitive. Okay. Yeah, and the Big East is good this year, but, you know, they obviously ran bad in their, in their, in their, their stretch of losing. And the Pons dude is, like, putting up 40 like it's easy. Yeah. Like and it's nothing. He was an NBA draft prospect whose draft stock had tanked a bit the previous month or two. Okay. And now it's coming back a little bit. So. Okay. You know, I think there's still questions about his shooting consistency. But, um, but well, yeah, we had lost three of four. Right. We had spoken twice during that stretch. You were I down had, in the tops, big time. Yeah, you know, I just felt like it was a pretty hard indictment of the coaching staff, of the desire of this team to, to sort of do all the little things in defense, on transition. Yeah. Shot selection seemed to be going downhill. Um, and since we last spoke on here, since that... That, that loss to Carolina, where Duval tweeted out that thing from the locker room. The UNC? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah the Basically, what's happened is uh, Bagley hasn't played. 
That's we found the winning formula. <laughs> Bagley hasn't played. Duval got benched against uh, Georgia Tech, but played significant minutes. Apparently, it was just a message benching. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of it. We had been calling for perhaps benching him or sending him a message. I was and it was clear that he, they had done it. It yeah. was clear Coach K really wanted to reinstall his confidence in the next game because he stuck him back in and and gave him big minutes. I I'm still not a huge fan. Like if if he's not on the ball. No? You want to go back to your macro? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not bog, yeah. get okay. bogged down in the Duval uh, debate. But, yeah, basically, he benches Duval in the Georgia Tech game. We we coast out to a very large lead. We Huge sort lead. of blow it. 25-point lead, and we yeah. almost blew it. We sort of blow it a little it bit. It was in never in jeopardy, half. but it, it was still shouldn't yeah. have been that close of a game because but Georgia it, Tech was outmatched. It was a road win in the ACC, and they, they played very well in the first half, for sure. Uh, and they had a bad stretch of basketball. Then... Then at home against Virginia Tech, we beat them by 20, pretty handily. One of our most impressive It's a good Virginia Tech team. Virginia Tech on, team on with the a year. winning record. And then we go and to Clemson today, and we yeah. knock them off. Yeah. And, like, pretty pretty soundly. It was the best defensive effort we've had all year. It's back-to-back uh, games. We've held opponents to under 60 points. Virginia Tech, we almost held to under 50 points. <clears throat> Yeah, we didn't look completely foolish on defense during this stretch of games, except for that one little run against Georgia Tech when we were up by 20 or 30. And it seemed like we didn't care as yeah. much. The, the yeah, competitive we, level drops. Right. I mean, this team is is not all just like fiercely competitive, dogged players. But we knew that coming into this three-game stretch. But their competitiveness and their sort of uh, – you know, it's you, just there, there's a real nice you, improvement. It's believe, really nice to see. Do you believe that? What? I believe Grayson is very competitive. I think Bagley is very competitive. <clears throat> they're competitive I, in their own way. I but feel like not... Gary Trent always has his game face on. Always. Yeah, I I, I think they're not they're not uh, they're not they don't have high basketball IQs, particularly on the defensive end. Okay. I mean, really on the defensive end. On the offensive end, these guys are pretty pretty yeah. talented and hungry. Yeah. But on the defensive end, they're not generally. And so I don't think it's come natural to them, like, stepping up into college basketball. Like, I think they're all used to kind of coasting on defense. And, you know, the whole season has been sort of a gut check for them. Game after game of kind of getting embarrassed. I'm sure they're, I'm sure in the film room they're, they're getting broken down a decent amount in practice. Right. And Coach K benches DeVal. Uh, <clears throat> the other guys have to be looking at themselves in the mirror as well. And... It, Hey, they responded over the last three games. Now, we were favorites in all three games. Even at um, Clemson today, we were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, so yeah. while I'm very pleased that they've had this great stretch, this very nice stretch, uh, we have bigger tests ahead, and we'll find out sort of what's what over the next few weeks. We're but, running, but out this is great. running out of time on this season. Well, we're, we're, we've we're, we've turned about face now, and I don't know if we're running out of time, but yeah, the season yeah, is I coming mean, to to yeah, not, to the not home in, stretch, not here. in a negative sense, yeah. just just that we only have four more four more games, and then the tournament, and then the tournament, right? Which could be as many as thirteen games, you know. So hopefully, uh, hopefully at least. I mean, I just hopefully it's at least nine and ten games. Um, you know, would hate to have it be only. Six or seven games. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be at least uh, at least nine or ten games. Uh, and who knows? But uh, I'm now feeling a lot more optimistic than I was two weeks ago. That's for sure. You're very results oriented. <laughs> well, I mean, we hadn't been playing good defense 
We haven't shown Correct. we could play good D pretty much the whole season. In fact, I was becoming convinced we might not turn it's it around. It's just unable. This this team's just unable to play defense. Uh, I still feel like their ceiling on defense is not super high with these guys this young. Okay. But Bag, you know, they played well without Bagley on defense. Bagley has a lot of room to improve as well. Now, can, I, can can somebody make the argument that Bolden and Delorier and Carter are all much better defensively protecting the rim? Well, they they're 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 all. They all have more sort of like uh, Marquise in like particular discipline on had a ridiculously great block today. Yeah, Marque- Marquise, Marquise played played really well. Uh, I thought minus, uh, minus the in the um, the Virginia Tech game, he was pretty quiet, and I, I feel he like got, he got a lot of minutes. He, um, right. he had very little production in 16 minutes, pretty much zeros across the board. Delory had a pretty good game, and then Coach K uh, went with Jabin um, against. Uh, yeah, Bolden, Bolden started and and played played well. Ten boards. Um, he doesn't really have to do anything else, so he can just he played great against. He can Georgia sort of Tech play that too. Emil Jefferson, Lance Thomas role without a ton of offense. But <clears throat> well, I thought I thought when he got his touches, he actually seemed like pretty efficient. And you know, in, in two of the three games, right. and I and I thought his defense today was not exceptional, but very good. Um, yeah. I thought he, he he was active. He switched well. He he blocked a few shots. Not just about the blocking, but it's about being in position. Yeah. And it just seemed like being in position between the guy with yeah. the ball and the basket. Yeah. And being aware of other options that the guy has. And when there were dunks near near him, it, it, it usually wasn't his fault. Um, okay. You know, I didn't feel that was the case. But and uh, Carter has been very good on defense. I mean, he's getting better and better. He's actually improving. It's it's pretty encouraging. Uh, Grayson had a good defensive game today, and I'm going to say it. Duval had a really big second half on defense. What do you think his wingspan is? I don't I don't know what his wingspan is. He, do you, do you th- so he's listed at six three height. Yeah. Do you think his wingspan is close to seven feet? No. 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 I think Duval probably has more like a. I don't know. Six seven, six eight, six nine. I think he has long arms. Yeah, I think he has length. I just don't think it's like freaky length. Okay. Uh, I don't think he has particularly short arms. Grayson has like probably a relatively short wingspan. Um, yeah, I mean both he, both Bagley, Grayson yeah. and 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 Trey got into the passing lanes, picked off some passes. I, I feel like Clemson was a little bit inexperienced in the backcourt. Their primary ball handler was out. They did they, not they, handle the pressure. They were making well. some really high high risk cross court passes in the backcourt, bringing the ball up, which led to pickoffs and layups and dunks. Well, here's here's the other thing that this sort of tells me a lot about the defensive story. One thing I've noticed, and I meant to bring it up on the last podcast, is against good teams, we have completely failed to turn them over at all on defense. Uh, some of it's sort of like run good or like, you know, a lack of luck. So we've got, sometimes guys just take steps or they throw a bad pass. Like some turnover rates and you know, numbers are just noise. Okay. But there's no question when North Carolina only turns the ball over two times in a game, a week after Virginia only turns the ball over four times in Cameron, in the whole game, yeah. six turnovers between those two teams – in supposedly highly competitive games where you're supposed to be intense on defense, that something is going deadly wrong. We're not applying any pressure, uh, certainly not well. Okay. So, so, and I went back and I looked, 
St. John's actually had quite a few turnovers, but that was pretty much because they're terrible. And they were just so sloppy in the first half. Second half, they didn't turn the ball over. But I went back and I looked. We have really failed to get, you know, if any, any, of, the, any of the good teams we've played um, haven't turned the ball over more than 10, 11 times uh, in a game against us. Okay. That, so but in, t- Indiana t- turned it over six times against us. Like, uh, you know, Florida actually turned it over a decent amount. But for the most part, in games we've lost, part of the reason is our defense isn't creating any turnovers. And, okay. you know, that's one of the reasons we're getting killed besides the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, today, you know, today we turned Clemson over. Now, partly because we're applying, you know, more you know more pressure. We picked them up full court. How partly many turnovers because, do they have? 13? Uh, they had 13. Okay. Now, it wasn't just 13 turnovers, but a lot of those were live ball turnovers. Like, steals in the open court. Right. So, Grayson grabbed a couple off of, like, uh, you know, inbounds. Plays Javin grabbed one like he was guarding the inbounder and like tipped it to himself and stole the ball. It was very impressive. And Duval had four four steals today as well Uh, against Georgia Tech. um, They only turned it over ten times, and Virginia Tech. uh, I think they turned it over double digits as well. But so ten Virginia Tech, ten Georgia Tech. Those aren't amazing numbers. That seems about average for college basketball, right around ten ish. Well, for us, that's better. That's right? that's good for us. Yeah, like okay. we've been so bad at this. And if you go back and I think if we looked at previous seasons of you know the good defensive Duke teams, we turned people over fifteen, maybe even eighteen times a game in our best versions. Um, I, I so I, I feel like we we may never be a great defensive team anymore. Uh, that that may or may not be true. I mean, because those those teams were because they're experienced, sure. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe next year's composition will be totally different. But but that's another sign. We're we're actually turned Clemson over today. Maybe they had some weaker ball handlers. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting to watch that stat as we go forward with these big games down the stretch. Are we going to continue to be able to apply pressure and not? So when you apply pressure, you, you either pay the price or you exact a price on the other team. And we had been a, we had been paying the price, right. like blit, like blitzing in the NFL when the quarterback knows what's coming and he, he goes to the right outlet. You just get burned. You're talking mostly Trey. And we basically made every college basketball team look like Tom Brady was their point guard. You know, uh, yeah. We, we just couldn't apply pressure. We got two guys running at the ball. No, I feel like they can see it coming. Grayson apply pressure. Talking about today? No, this season. This season, Grayson's trying like, trying to apply. I feel like pressure. his defense this season has been a lot better than say his sophomore year. It's just it hasn't been in conjunction with. They're not the acting team. as a unit yet. The team sure. it hasn't been good team defense. So today, I, saw, I think we saw pretty good team defense. A lot of like lane discipline. People didn't like get out of position. We still have this weird habit of sort of leaving the ball. <laughs> you know, like. Guy has it uh, for a three-pointer, and, like, <clears throat> you know, Javin sees the corner three open up. Right. And he just leaves the guy with the ball to right. cover his bases, and the guy just was like, okay, I'll shoot it. Yeah. Knocks down a three. Jay I mean, Billis it, called, us, called us out in a game last week about that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I was I was really happy with what I saw on defense, uh, especially today. That okay. Week. Yeah. And then on offense, uh, it sort of wasn't offense that great. Was sort actually, of a struggle. Right? I mean, I thought yeah. it was a defensive slugfest for the majority of the game, especially in the first half. <clears throat> it seemed sort of ugly. Um, I don't think 
Yeah, we both sort of struggled to shoot. It was low 40%. Um, actually, Carter yeah, Carter struggled today. Big time. Um, for like, you know, he hasn't struggled much, but first, he, was, first 30 he couldn't minutes. impose his will. Um, no, he ended up, you know, not awful numbers. What was he, 411 from the field? No, it was probably worse than that. 4 for 14. 4 for 14. That That's his worst shooting game, I think. And he was 1 for 1 from 3, which means he was 3 for 13. Uh, you know, from inside the three. Yeah, he was missing a bunch that he typically makes with his eyes closed. Yeah, uh, Clemson gets partial credit for that, but um, but I felt like we did run bad on sort of close-in looks. Yeah, I, I actually felt like if if he just makes three or four of those, which it seemed yeah. like he had maybe six or seven that yeah. very makeable shots, probably a different different ball game. Well, Clemson could say the same thing about hitting a few of their threes. They only went 5 of 20. Now, I thought we did contest threes and close out better in this game than we had. Yeah. It was encouraging. Uh, I really liked the way um, DeVal was, was closing. You know, I felt like there was more effort. On defense? More passion on defense from him. Yeah, you know, it's it's really weird. There was, there's Still making some mistakes. Something, something uh, struck me, I want to say, in the Virginia Tech game. Uh, in transition, he was slow getting back, but... It was. It almost seemed like there was something wrong with his leg, like he was skipping back, or like his calf was like he had a calf issue or something. Like his his gait or a sprint back didn't seem right. So when he's moving um, in defense, when he's in front of his guy, it's a little bit better. But in trend out in the open, I just feel like his fluidity is not there. Either fluidity or he just for whatever reason, is unwilling to sprint back on defense. I, I do think his footwork on defense is particularly bad for a guy who has such beautiful footwork on offense. It reminds me of Okafor. They say the same things about him. He's like Barishnikov, like a ballet dancer with his feet on offense. And on defense, he's just he's not the same. And it, it's sort of hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom because there are a lot of plays where it just looks like they're not trying. Right. Which makes it frustrating for us as fans. I think they just really, both of them, in both cases, uh, have really maximized some of their potential on offense. Like, because that's what they work on. That's what they've worked on. You know. Right. Um, and they're initiating. They're not reacting. And you know, I have to think Deval just isn't as you know, Okafor clearly, but Deval seems like his reactions or he's guessing a lot of the time instead of. Um, Instead of being quick enough, you know, with good enough footwork, you know, in his defensive stance, yeah. To I don't think he has a good defensive stance. Yeah, his defensive stance is. Yeah, I, I, I saw a few. But today, 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 he made some good gambles. He I, made a few I gambles. Feel like he, some of the Clemson guards had yeah. great defensive stances where they were low and wide, mm-hmm. and Trey is almost never like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is fair. Uh, Reed. Reed was really athletic, although he ended up shooting really poorly from the field. Um, there, you know, there was some type of um, perspiration issue also with the balls in the floor. I saw a few guys just hit the floor while they were running back on defense because there, there had to have been a, like a, yeah. a water issue. So I, I like that Grayson Allen's got the ball in his hands a lot of the time. It seems like it's 50-50, if not more, that he's sort of leading the offense. No, I, I, think, he, I think he's going to have the ball – Running the offense and and going up the center, yeah, and doing that, that's how they. I think that's how they want it. And when it's not there, he gives Deval gets gets Duval, usage yeah, as Duval well. Deval had the ball a little bit more in the Clemson game, but in the 
Virginia Tech game, I, I want to say Coach K was pretty clear that Grayson's going to have the ball. Yeah, they both force things, but yeah. Duval tends to force it a little more often. Um, but a decent amount more often. I mean, yeah, Grayson, there, yeah I, he I had a good game today, but he's still there's Grayson still a couple. has those crazy attacks, the basket, and he just throws up a hail mary over his head sometimes. But he's they, still a senior. He's he's got all the years of experience playing in the ACC and the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. Like he he he's been through a trace of learning on the job. I mean, I think Grayson's more likely to draw the foul, and if he gets to the line, more likely to hit the shots. Right. So I kind of sort of feel better about him taking that chance. Duval pro- should be a better finisher. I think he might be, but uh, there there was there was a one early. He's, he's where had he, some good finishes in the last few yeah, games. There was one early where he finished really well. There was one early where he drew two de- two defenders, maybe even a third, and he had Javin, and he just he he took the shot anyways. It was sort of like an like an upsy, up, like, like a, a high low, very very tough up, shot. Yeah, really tough shot. And but but here's what I liked. Uh, you know, maybe ten minutes later in game time, he, he he broke his guy down the same way, and he had the same opportunity, and he actually dished it. Now Javin okay. didn't finish. Yeah. Javin caught it, and then like was a little confused because I think he was Javin. Javin's Javin, offensive yeah. skills aren't quite there. Javin like, against Clemson, it's it seemed like he got the ball, but for like his feet weren't ready, or yeah. his body was out of balance just a little bit, just enough so that he couldn't convert from two feet away. He was 0 for 1 from the field and like passed on some some opportunities to, to go up strong. Yeah. So that was one of them. But I, I, I was glad to see that Deval made that adjustment and wasn't always going to make sort of the, the selfish play. Yeah. Um, after the Virginia Tech game, where he's Grace, certainly a willing passer a lot of the time. I don't mean to say he isn't. Yeah. I mean he. I, but, I don't think he's the leading assist guy in the ACC, but he's still one of the leaders. Yeah. At, although you know five and a half a game. Yeah. Um. But. You know, Coach K, after the Virginia Tech game, when it was clear Grayson's bringing the ball up in the center, he said Duval brings Duval brings a lot of um, wing penetration, which yeah, which the team lacked this season. I'm still not that crazy if if Trey doesn't have the ball in his hands, bringing the ball up. I mean, I'd much rather have a good shooter on the wing, but I mean, if there was like real like full court pressure, I want the ball in the Val's hands. I don't want Grayson breaking the. I'd rather I mean, they're going to break it together. But the Val to me is the better ball handler. Okay. Uh, but I I like the ball in Grayson's hands as the primary a lot of the time because I feel like he generally leads the the team to more efficient possessions. Right. Um. I think he sort of has a maybe a better understanding of what what the best shots on the floor are for the team. And they're usually you know, the alley oops, the the deep posts, yes. and the Gary Trent threes, and his own threes. Yeah, uh, Deval, I don't know, has that has that sense, and you know, even though I think he's the more talented sort of point guard than than Grayson, and you know, he's, he's a freshman, and Grayson's a senior, so right. you know, imagine how good he would be as a senior. Uh, I, I do like that he gets some uses as a changeup because he presents a different skill set than Grayson. Yeah. The problem is he doesn't space the floor. He right. shouldn't space the floor. Against a really well-coached team, I think they're just going to slack off on him. They did today a little bit. Yeah. And so the, the middle's more jammed when when Duval is sort of that guy who was supposed to. When you put Grayson and uh, Trent on one side, you know, on the weak side, now nobody can leave them. Right. So now the other guys are playing three-on-three. Three. 
So they had a couple of sets today, and I, I got to tell you, I think they're running more sets. I, I noticed them running more screens Yeah. Uh, for the three-point shooters today. Right, but I, I want to say, how much of that is because Delorey is on the floor and he has no other function on the offensive end except to set screens? Carter's setting screens early in the possession, almost did, every yeah, possession. I did see him and, do and, that. And, yeah. and he sets good screens. Yeah. You know, he got whistled for, for one. But uh, I actually thought that the breakdown today – you know, we only scored 66 points. One, Clemson's a good good defensive team, and we were on the road. But I think if we're looking at, like, breaking down the numbers, we only had seven assists. You know, That's seven, unusual for us. Yeah, seven assists, only 19 made baskets. Uh, there was a lot of one-on-one play today. Uh, and so, you know, yeah. they made it tough to make that extra pass, I guess. But I noticed Gary Trent forced a few in the middle where he had Grayson – Trey did as well. Like there was just one extra kick out they can make when they get that penetration into the lane, okay. and they, they could just do a little better with that. Um, but yeah, of course, missing Bagley is, is also a thing. So what do you think about uh, the team? Kind of maybe I don't know. Are they playing better without him? I don't know if they're playing much better, but they're certainly a little more cohesive on defense. Yeah, but, well, I mean, they're, they're, we don't think we're better without Bagley. I mean, of course, we're not better without <laughs> Bagley. Um, there are two thoughts. One, going back to the Virginia Tech game. Because we beat Michigan State without Bagley. And Grayson's this, played. Look, this is this is why I think it's a joke for Coach K to say we don't have a bench or our bench is too short. I mean, Delorier, Bolden, Jack White, Alex O'Connell, these guys can Jack all White, play. They, they Jack can White all played play. ball. Yeah, he, he, he dribbled, penetrated, and then dunked. Um, yeah, you don't think other ACC teams would like to have these guys? Right. So going back to the Virginia Tech game, Mm-hmm. Um, that particular game struck me as like a very old school Duke type of game where Gary Trent and Grayson Allen, I mean, Grayson Allen took 15 threes, which has to be like a record. He yeah, attempted a 15 crazy threes. He, he made seven of them. He, 12, of, 12 of 24 between the two of them from three. And talk about efficient shots. Yes. When you get open threes, that's the most efficient shot when you have guys that shoot 40%. Right. You so... Know. That, Except for Bagley, that, yes, yeah, that that took that took me back to <laughs> yeah. like the Duke teams from like the late mid to late two thousands, you know, where we pretty much if we're not sinking threes, we're not going to win a game, you know. <clears throat> um, but we're certainly this, more reliant this, on the yeah. three without Bagley, but for but sure not, because not fully Bagley, Bagley takes delivery. up what like fifteen shots a game, you know. Those are you know obviously we want him taking those shots, but our team is so balanced. It, it feels like we can attack teams multiple different ways. You yeah. know, Trey can attack. We got two or three or four what? pretty good outside Actually, like, like if there's a difference, if there's something, if there's like the team breathing easier a little, like Grayson seems to play a little better. He seems to play freer. Freer. It's like they're they're breathing a little easier. There's like, there's, with Bagley in the game and all five of those guys, it's almost like there's not enough balls to go around. There's well, only there, one there, ball. There isn't. Yeah, there so isn't. that's why having Javin on the court or Jack White, it, it sort of balances the Lance team Thomas. a little bit. Lance Thomas, a Casey Sanders, you, you name them, right? Brian yeah. Zubek. Uh, you know, and I don't know who, you know, should come off the bench down the stretch. Or I do think it, it sort of shows, like, as we've been talking about, Javin or Bolden or both of them, like, they shouldn't be playing a combined 15 minutes in a game, even when Bagley comes back. Right. We need a guy on the court taking up that space. Like playing that role 
uh, and get the other guys and get some rest and come in sharper yeah. when, when it's their turn to and hog it, the ball, right? And I felt like our guys got really gassed in the second half against Clemson. Coach K again got very nervous in the second half and just wouldn't rest anybody. Just Grayson let, played 40 minutes. Left the starters in, and it was clear that those guys are gassed. Yeah, he's talking about sort of playing it by feel, using his bench as substitution patterns. I guess he's always done that, but yeah. he brings in Jack White and Alex O'Connell on an early substitution, an early rotation half, uh, yeah. with Bolden, and they actually outscored their opponent. I think it was ten to ten when they came in. Yeah, uh, they they went on a seven to five run. They'd given up a basket. They basically like played pretty good defense, better defense in the first unit. Right, uh, and we got efficient shots with that lineup. Jack White had a had a drive and dunk. Now that that drive and dunk by Jack White that was there because the floor was greatly spaced because you had Trent, Grayson, O'Connell. and Alex O'Connell. Everyone's yeah. got to stay on their man outside. Wendell Carter went to the plus, top of the key, plus, plus and maybe, there was nobody in the lane. Plus, maybe no one thought Jack White could do that. On the other team, well, the other team, you know, like, like Jack White's not going to show up on the scouting report. Oh, you got to yeah. guard forty-one. He's well, the he's guy, a great the guy athlete. got caught too. He got caught looking away. Yeah. There was no help, help uh, defender. There was no help defender because we had the floor perfectly spaced. Right. Um, and so, but what was surprising to me, and we went on and won the game, and, and it was a good win. And I'm glad, you know, I, I wasn't like mad or angry at Coach K after the game. But looking back, I don't know why he didn't bring that lineup in that rotation in a few more times because we actually we actually won they won the rotation they, they won seven to five there and then we brought in the other lineup and they actually went Clemson went and took the lead right after that and so what what is his field play <laughs> he just I just think he forgets that I don't think he's really he keeping gets, track. He gets nervous yeah. in close games it's been like that for 30 years um, if yeah. it's a tight game then he's just gonna stick with his best players um, and that, I mean, I guess that's got to be a, both a blessing and a curse. I've, I've, sure. Literally every opposing coach's post game interview, he talks about how he's almost in awe of Duke because every guy on the floor is a legitimate scoring threat, like a guy who can put up 20, 25 points in any game. But that could be a curse also because if you're not in the flow of the game or if you miss your first few shots, then you're just going to be out of sync. And if you have five alpha scoring guys on a team, doesn't always work out. You know, I can think of some UNC teams from the 90s where there were just too many elite scorers. It, the chemistry never developed. Well, I just think, Alex, it must be frustrating to be Alex O'Connell today. You know, as, as much as he's enjoying the team winning, yeah, for he sure. comes in for 90, 90 seconds, two minutes in the first half. His unit plays well, and then he just stays on the bench the rest of the game. Jack White played well in the first half, didn't play more than a minute or two in the oh, second half. I'm sure these guys are. Pretty used to it. They're <laughs> pretty used to it, I guess. They, they have to basically yeah. view like a 12 to 15 minute playing time game as a bonus. Otherwise, they, they all seem pretty. Yeah, they're, they've pretty, all accepted it. Yeah, I they're, think. they're all it's pretty, fine. you know, yeah. in sync. Same stuff, I guess. So uh, we're not worried about sort of. Uh, so what do we think about Bagley? We're not getting a lot of information, right? Have you heard any, uh, anything in particular? Coach K said he will be back shortly or soon, so I don't think it's going to be a long-term type thing. Okay. I, I would be surprised if he's... This team obviously has a much higher ceiling with Bagley in the lineup. Um, but also some other issues to deal with about, like, you know, usage and and sort of, you know, direction yeah. and yeah. focus. And even though we're even more talented on defense with him on, on the court, he does things. He can... He can switch. He can. Well, I guess even in the zone, he 
you know, if he, if he plays well, he, he could be a very good defender. Um, he can close on people really well. Nobody closes like badly, badly on the team. But um, but it does sort of like, you know, you have this like, you, creeping you... thought in my mind, like, gosh, this team plays more like a team when without him. Other, other people are taking more sort of personal responsibility. It's like yeah. they're not assuming they're going to win and then sort of take their yeah, foot off the gas. I, I don't think that that was the issue with Boston College or Virginia or UNC. I think I it was a little bit of the issue. It's like we just got this guy and we got these other guys and no. we're going to go in here and we're going to win. I disagree. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, it's not like 2006 where it was JJ's team, and a lot of times the other players were just watching JJ put up 30 or 40 on an opponent. But let me this, ask this you, this team's not like that. You're in a tug of war, right? Yeah. At, at you know, and you're in a tug of war competition, and Hulk Hogan's in front of you, and Andre the Giant's behind you, and uh, you know, uh, Jake Snake Roberts is there, and you're in the middle of all of them. How hard are you gonna pull? Probably my hardest. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna look around and say, "Wow, I don't, I don't need to pull that hard." But if, if like Andre the Giant like goes out with an injury, now I'm thinking, "Oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta step up a little." I think it's just natural. It's what happens. That's just human. Um, but okay, so uh, we're not worried about Bagley coming back with the chemistry issues and and meshing in with the with the lineups and the I'm rotations. Not worried. Yeah, you're not worried, right? I'm I'm not worried. I mean. I feel like the defense is is going better, and I think that's good. I I used to think that Trayvon Duval's development and decision making was going to make or break our season, but now that the ball's in Grayson's hand, I feel like that's less of a make or break factor. A little less pressure on Duval as well. Yeah, he could play more free. He can attack from the side. Um, he just he played he played a good game today. Yeah, I, I, I was I was pleased. I mean, winning breeds confidence. Yeah. I feel like. Three, three, three out of the last four games, remaining games are at home. Um, we've got Louisville, Syracuse, on the road to Virginia Tech, and then UNC. You know, obviously we could lose one or two of those games, but we could, like, ro- ro- running the tables is, is now very, we're, very attainable. We're going to be favored in all four games. I mean, I feel like I say that every, every week, but, you know, we have a very favorable schedule overall yeah. in the ACC. We didn't have to play at Louisville. We didn't have to play at Syracuse. We didn't have to play at Notre Dame. We didn't even have to play at Virginia. That uh, we didn't have to play at Florida State. I mean, what a pass! Right. You know, our road schedule was relatively easy, um, and I think you know, if we're looking for the reason why we're second in the ACC right now, it hasn't been because we've played that well. Uh, it's partly because no. of the schedule. It okay. helps. It helps. The, the scheduling was a big yeah. factor, but this team has played well. Seems played well, but this we team lost has played well. three or four when we had the tough part of the schedule against some very, very good teams. Yeah. I mean, and, so and there's look, still a lot left to prove. And, and That's look, UNC is really coming on strong. They're going to be a very good team. It's going to be a tough, tough game at home. Last regular yeah. season game, senior night. So this hopefully week, Grayson doesn't tear up too much when they, you know, gets that jersey framed. Hopefully, we stomp on their necks and tear their heads off and give them what they deserve. But uh, first, we got to play Louisville, Louisville, and uh, the Cubs this week, both at home. Possibly, you know, Bagley in one or two of those games. Now, I don't think, you know, on a personal level, if there's any issue, Bagley obviously should sit because he doesn't want to mess up his draft stock. Actually, like sustain an injury yeah. when he's he's headed for the you know top high three. lottery, top three. I don't know, top five or six for sure. 
Uh, I'm not sure. We'll talk. We'll get to that later in the, the year. I will happily wager a top three. <laughs> there's a lot of well, this year is a pretty loaded draft. There's a lot of really good. It's prospects. incredible draft. I mean, yeah, it really, it's some interesting prospects. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess the other the other question is, um, how how good do you think this team? How how good are you feeling about this right now? About the team, I feel I feel very good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so when I say I feel very good, I guess for me, um, just overall big picture thing, yeah. I try not to get too high when we're on like a five or seven or ten game winning streak, and I try not to get too low when we're losing like two about, out of three or three out of four. How about a three game winning streak? It's just, yeah, <laughs> that it was great, and two two of those wins were very very quality wins. Um, I feel like, yeah, the, the team is coming together. The defense is coming together. People are playing well. Minus Bagley, which it seems like a very minor issue. This team is very healthy. Mm-hmm. And it seems poised for a good run. Um, hopefully we get three more wins before we play UNC, and then we can see what happens in the postseason. Yeah, that Virginia Tech game on the road is going to be tough. And that you know, Louisville is going to be tough. Louisville's um, they're, eight, all, they're all tough games. Louisville's tough eight games. and six, but I saw on like a preview thing that they, that were a 90-10 to 10 favorite. Seems awfully high. Yeah, I don't know about this team being a ninety percent favorite, but uh, but okay. Yeah, we're gonna be you know we're in good good shape to uh, to be favored in each of these games. I feel like we're probably what? gonna lose two and a half more games this year. Okay. Uh, anything else we should uh, get into about these games? About the games. About what's going on. Uh, there was one thing. A shout out to a Duke alum. Yeah. Grant Hill. Grant Hill, uh, Hall of Famer? Finalist. Well, he's in the finalists. He's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's a really strong NBA Hall of Fame it's class. Really strong class. Yeah, Very it's, strong. It's Chris Weber. Chris, but th- I don't think this is his first year. Okay. So Chris, he, he got denied, and he, Steve like, Nash. like you said last time, his stats are really, really incredible. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was good. His, his career was a little injury shortened, uh, yeah. as was Grant Hill. I saw Bill Simmons posted something about how Grant Hill and Chris Webber, he called Webber the best power forward he ever saw play in person, or at least the highest ceiling. Yeah. Grant Hill, man, Grant Hill, like, the B-minus version of Grant Hill was still a Hall of Famer. I mean, that, that, that's what border, Bill Simmons wrote? Or borderline Hall of Famer. No, that's in my words. Okay. You know, Grant Hill, you know, if Grant Hill never, never really got injured, if Grant Hill had that injury... In today's day and age, he'd come back full strength, and you know he was pretty special. Yeah, but um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, hopefully, he, ma- he makes it. And I'm um, seeing Grant Hill all over the TV, everywhere. His media presence is really, really seems jacked up. At least in my personal life, watching watching Duke games. Yeah, uh, it, he's it been se- on a it lot. It seems like athletes are much more into social media and sort of straddling the doorway of either, you know, like even our players do the Duke. Blue Planet, you know, Bull City, they have these two, three, four minute clips. They do podcasts. They, it's, it's speaking of podcasts, it's, it's, it's JJ all, Reddick. Yeah. Did, did you see this thing with JJ Reddick about the China thing? Chinese New Year? I read it. I, I didn't really, I didn't look to find the video to see what he said. Was it, is it bad? Uh, somebody put up a bit. I'm, you know, I saw, I saw one video and it was someone that had sort of like put subtitles under the thing basically each NBA player was saying happy Chinese New Year 
to to Asia to, to China to people in Asia to 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 Chinese people to okay. the people in China and JJ Reddick I how I saw it was JJ Reddick put up a tweet and I follow him on Twitter uh, and he just said uh, something you know videos going around. And I just got choked up on my words. I got tongue, 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 tied. tongue tied is what he said. Yeah. And like I'm that disappointed. Word is, that word is not in my vocabulary. That word is not in my vocabulary. I'm disappointed that people would think I would intentionally say that. What was the word? Chink. The okay. word was chink. Okay. This, yeah. And he basically said, he said to all the chink, ch- and it sounds like chink, yeah. right? And he, he adjusted it like, I think. My interpretation was that he was saying to all the Chinese, and then he thought better of saying Chinese, and he like changed the structure of the sentence. So he stopped chine, the word chine, halfway through. It sounded like chink if you okay. play it. Uh, and I guess there's some hubbub about it today on, on social media. Yeah, My guess is it's not going to blow up too hard on him, but you, you never know. Right. He's in this day and age. I was curious if you had seen it, but you, you hadn't. Um, I I just saw the title. I didn't actually read it or look for look for the video. I mean, if it's a weird, sort of a weird. It seems it seems thing. like people. What are the odds that he would yeah. do that? One, I would. Like, I would for, for for me. If let's say he did say it, I would look at his body of work to see if 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 he had any past behavior where he is speaking yeah, no, like that. And if he isn't, then I would just say, yeah, it's a miscommunication or misunderstanding. Right. And well, I guess his mistake, you know, if we're going to take a lesson from it is when he when he tweeted, he he should have apologized if anyone was offended. He even if he didn't mean to say it, it yeah. came out sounding like that and it was a non-apology, you know. Yeah. So you, it got <laughs> If you were his PR guy, you would say you should just go out and apologize if anyone was offended. Absolutely. Apologize, apologize, apologize and then say and then try to explain yourself. Say I didn't that's not actually what I meant to say. It sounds like it. Yeah. I I've never used that word. I, I would never. Why would I do that on an NBA official video? Like and I don't think the people who put together the video, like the, in the NBA PR office thought anything of it right so it was only after it was released that he right got yeah some... and it sort of reminds me of the grace and allen tripping you know sort of stuff where if you just watch it in real speed and you don't know any context about grace and allen you probably wouldn't think anything of it but then after the fact people tweet out like that that <laughs> that replay they replay it over and over again and it's like you slow it down and all of a sudden a catch is not a catch you yeah know? And it's like, oh, that guy again. And you just impute motives to him. Um, and I don't know, Grayson Allen took a shot in the face today in the Clemson game <laughs> on a shot that he missed. Yeah. And after after he released the ball, the guy popped him in the face, like obviously by accident. Right. But like if it had been the other way and Grayson had hit that guy in the face, we'd be talking about that tonight. And it's like... Probably. You know, back to last year, but incidental contact happens all the time. I mean, People the, get poked in the eye, you know. In addition to that, Grayson Allen was the victim of a ridiculous, flagrant one call in the uh, first half. I mean, I didn't think there was any. It wasn't a flagrant foul, but he clearly fouled him to stop the the break, to stop the basket. Yeah, and then they called. I thought him. it was just an intentional foul. Like I don't know if that's a rule in college basketball. It is in the NBA. Okay. It's called open. Yeah. Uh, you know. Basically, nothing's between the guy and the, the basket, and you foul him yeah. from behind. You know, it's a two shots in the ball. In the NBA or in college? In the NBA. 
Kyle just changed that rule so many times, like intentional fouls. And when he did it, I thought he was saying intentional. Did, did they say flagrant? They call flagrant one. But I know flagrant one in college oh, doesn't mean holds a little bit different meaning. Unnecessarily violent. Yeah. It wasn't violent. But Coach K went insane after that. I mean, he was... Well, it was a really bad turnover. I mean, Grayson Allen picks up his dribble. He, he had some pretty rough turnovers. He did. He picked up his game. dribble once or twice and just sort of like careless. Sort of careless. It's the reason he's not... Yeah. yeah, he's not going to be an NBA point guard, you know. And and even um, when he penetrated, sometimes he had some really sloppy turnovers, some some sloppy entry passes. Um, yeah. Um, there was one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, there was a Yahoo report. You you know the selection committee or whatever came came out and actually released like the top sixteen teams maybe like a week week and a half ago. Are you aware of this? Uh, no. The whole. It's not a bracketology thing. I don't really thing. follow college basketball. It's just, it's, just, <laughs> it's just the selection committee comes out and says... I ignore if, all selection committee stuff until it's actually tournament if the time. Season, just, if the season were to end today, yeah. here are the top 16 seeds. You know? Okay, that's okay. the one they based right. on the RPI. It looks or, like they based some, on the RPI. Something like that. But Duke's yeah, yeah. in there, UNC's in there, blah, blah, blah. FBI comes out and they're... I can't remember if it's the FBI or... Basically, there was some leakage of the FBI... Stuff that's going on, right? Yeah, so there was, they're, a, there was they're, a story they're asking about the how they're asking like, Roy Williams, they're asking yeah. Coach K. Look, the FBI is basically saying of the 16 teams that are currently in the top 16 in this pre-selection thing, like seven of them are gonna the hammer's gonna come down on seven of the 16. So I don't know if the put, FBI said that or somebody somebody kind of leaked. Yeah, the, the, there or was somebody wrote an article saying somebody had leaked yeah. that like a bunch of these teams. We, they're like, Hall of Fame coaches are going to be in trouble. Right. Lottery picks are going to be in trouble. Whoever wins the national title, most likely, if you just play the percentages, the title might be vacated. Their NCAA tournament run might be vacated. Maybe. 7 out of 16, I mean, that's pretty high likelihood. I just don't know how how, how much validity we can, we can give that report when it's, I mean, who knows. Yeah, like it's like pass the uh, you ever play that game where you whisper one thing in somebody's ear, you pass it down the lane. Yeah. By the time you get to it, like somebody's interested in that story being a big story, right. especially the reporter who reports it. But Roy, you know, I'm not saying it's fake news, but I am saying you can't put yeah. plus put that much credence in. Plus, exactly it's like another year, yeah. year and a half down the road. But Roy Williams says, "Look, I'm not worried about it at all. Like I stand by my program. Well, what's he gonna my... say? What's right. he gonna say?" Coach K says, "Look, guys." I haven't read it. I've, I'm just too busy. I'm too busy with my team. I don't even know what you're talking about, this Yahoo article. Right? <laughs> you know what? I'm calling bullshit on that. You know he's read it. Right, but like why? Well, I don't know if he's read it, actually read it, but like why? Like What, what does he have to gain yeah, by addressing it? By engaging. I, yeah, I get it. it. You, you can't engage. No. Whether, you, whether you're, on, you're one of those guys or you're not one of those guys, it, you know, it just doesn't... Like, yeah. Um, so Duke, Duke, they had Duke as a two seed, but yes, uh, they also had Michigan State as a three seed. I thought. Yeah, it, may, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and then I saw, I think it was was it Nate Silver? No, it was a Pomeroy said something about it. Oh, they just used the RPI. This is a joke. Like it, was, RPI, it was almost just straight RPI. It was like very seemingly very influenced by RPI, and RPI yeah. has been like somewhat discredited in the last couple of years. But you know. But it just seems like the committee always goes to RPI, or they ha- they they used I mean, to. There's a, there's a lot of information that they can use. I feel like yeah. our Duke is trending in the right way. I feel like two, two or three, possibly one is still in play if we can continue to win. 
Oh yeah. I mean, if we if we run the table and we win the ACC tournament, it's we're also a one not, seed. It's also not. There's no doubt. Yeah. I guess it is impossible that we could overtake Virginia for the uh, ACC regular season title, but. I think uh, unlikely, unlikely. I think that's. I mean, they they have some tough games coming up, but still, probably not going to happen. Yeah. So we are currently closer to fifth. We're closer to seventh place in the ACC than we are to first place in terms of games back. We're only two games ahead of the fifth, sixth, seventh teams, and we're three games behind Virginia. So with four games left. Yeah. So. I'm sure Virginia. Is. Virginia had a meltdown last year. They were like nine and zero, then they lost five in a row. Come on, man! They, they, it looks like they played Pitt and Georgia Tech in the next two games. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of locked up, and they probably if they if they go undefeated in the ACC, and they very well might. They they got a one seed locked up. They could I think they could lose in the first round of the ACC tournament and still still be a one. You mean seed. go undefeated for the remainder of their s- schedule? Uh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. One loss in the ACC would be. Pretty incredible feat. Yeah. Any year. This year is not that down a year. Um, so yeah, I think I think Virginia is, you know, barring a meltdown here, I think I think they're going to be a one seed. Yeah. And it might be a little tough for us to get a one seed. Like we probably do absolutely have to run the table. If we don't, right. I think we're a two seed. You know, at best. But, but what, I'm good. With may, maybe one more loss, and then we beat Virginia in the title game of the ACC tournament. Yeah, they never care about the title games of these ACC these tournaments. They've already made their decisions by then. Yeah. Usually. Um, yeah. So what else is going on? Uh, anything going on with you uh, here in Las Vegas? Did you, what's what what's going on these days? <laughs> what's going on in your life, Peter? What should we, what should this, we talk is about? Is this what we're going to edit out afterwards? <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. We're going to get something to eat. Uh, talk about life? Sure, sure. Um, so NBA All-Star break right now? Yeah, so we're coming at you guys Sunday night, late Sunday night. I feel like the AP and the coaches poll comes out tomorrow. There were a bunch of not only just losses by top 10 teams, but multiple losses by top 10 teams. Um, so I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, movement in the um, in the rankings. Yeah, just today, come, come I mean, Monday morning. Cincinnati lost and uh, Ohio State lost to Michigan on the road. That's not really an upset. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you can't get that up that upset over a few losses here and there. Yeah, I mean, everyone loses. And I guess to, to, to again, back at, back up a little bit, <clears throat> the only reason I've been upset with, with lack Duke... Lack of effort, is, lack of communication. It just feels like a little bit of a lack of heart, lack of effort, right? It doesn't seem like good team play, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. That tweet from the locker room at, at the Dean Dome... If it was from the locker room or shortly after the <laughs> locker room, I mean, I think it's 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 pretty awful. I hope he learned a lesson because he's young and it's fine. Who cares? You think maybe that's why he got benched? Listen, I, I think I think a lot of reasons, but I don't I don't think that's why he got benched. Yeah, but I I'm, think, sur- I'm surprised that I they think don't, it looked bad. I'm surprised they don't have like a, a PR guy who coaches all these lottery. Pick guys. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do. They do. I'm sure they. I'm sure things get yeah. mentioned. And then trade. Listen, he was excited. He was excited. He made this amazing dunk. It was an incredible dunk. By the way, this is a time and a place. And he he retweeted no out like a like a Pennsylvania Innocence uh, thing today about the, the Innocence Project in Pennsylvania, and uh, it made me it made me made me like him more. It was like it was he's, like his heart. I think he his heart is in like, the right place. He seems like a good he guy. Seems like a likable you guy. Know? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, when you when you look at the AP top twenty five right now, um, you know there's no undefeated teams. There's no one loss teams. You know everybody's got losses, uh, and and, and by, by very game. few teams has as many good wins as we have. We have right. a lot of good wins. Right. This team is positioned fine, you know, for the home stretch here. Yes. Like nothing's been lost really, and hopefully lessons have been learned. And and the best teams have something to learn from. You know, the best teams have to overcome something. Even though we're talented, it's good that we had gut checks during the season, and I hope hope we respond well to it. That's all. Uh, we're, we're way better positioned than last year's team, which never even had a healthy team for practice. They couldn't run five on five. Yeah. You know, and Bagley's but, injury doesn't seem serious. But Everybody in, else is... Yeah, healthy. in particular on, on yeah. last team... On last year's team, it just seemed like there was a lot of overlap of skill sets, and at least with this year's team, there there are clearly defined roles. Yeah, a little bit of you know a switch with Grayson and Trey, but it still seems like there are two shooting guys. We got a point guard, we got a slew of bigs, and then you know our our bench guys seem like they all know their roles too. Like everyone knows their role. All right, so who- whereas last year didn't seem like people really knew. Like you know. Is it Luke's team? Is it Jason's team? Frank Jackson's like, hey, I'm here, guys. And Grayson's like, hey, I'm here, guys. Harry Giles' like, hey, I'm here. Barely. Matt Jones and Emil are trying Harry to Giles hold everything played. together. Okay, so maybe we'll do a new a new feature because you know, I feel like we should have some structure. Maybe we should pick a player of the week every week. That sounds awful. That sounds good, right? That sounds awful. Who, who would your player of the of these three games be? Who who stood out the most to you? Who surpri- either surprised you the most or was the strongest? For me, it was Grayson Allen came back and like stepped up as a leader. Yeah, you know, I thought, and you know that that he's my guy for the last three games, and I, I was really glad to see it. You know, I love that he shot 15 three pointers against uh, Virginia Tech. He was making them. He should keep shooting them. You know, right. I love that he's playing well, playing a nice two-man game with Gary Trent. I, I like, you know, and I like that he stepped up on defense today and had a bunch of steals, and he must be doing a good job as a leader. You know? so, so we'll flip that a little bit. Yeah. You have your player of the week. I'll have the guy I'm somewhat disappointed in. Okay. I thought the last three games were really an opportunity for Wendell Carter to just show out and say, hey, this is your opportunity to say, hey, look at me. I, I can be the man, too. He had a great game against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not that good of a team. And he he was still very good, but he was not, like, really, really good. And I, I feel like it was a bit of a missed opportunity for him, just in terms of showcasing his um, individual talents. 47 points, 33 rebounds over these three games. Uh Shot 50% from three-point range on two of four shooting, not that many shots. And, uh... Yeah, he what? wasn't, he wasn't and, bad. He was, and, he and, was he blocked, good. and he blocked nine shots. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe you thought he was just going to wreck house completely. Yeah, I was hoping for like 20 and 15 and five. He would put up the Bagley numbers, perhaps. Yeah, I wanted him to just show <laughs> out so big that he could, with without feeling bad, tweet out his stat line and his um, video clips. He didn't quite have that. I actually think he played really well, especially on defense. And, you know, the the nine blocks are no joke. And the other thing is, I I don't think they're running the best stuff for him all the time. He's still very low usage. 
Yeah, I mean, even today, they, they went to him a decent amount. I mean, he took 14 shots against Georgia Tech and, you know, scored 19 points. But, but I just feel like they, they, they definitely could run more for him. But he is pretty involved at this point. I mean, yeah. when Badley comes back, you know, I still think, like, the way they play their two-man game is pretty special. You know, big-to-big passing. So, uh, okay. But I'll accept you. Uh, you're allowed this to have your opinion about uh, Carter Jr. Okay. You want to introduce one more little segment? What else you got? This is, you're either going to be... approaching an hour. Yeah, if they're yeah. still listening, then they're true. <laughs> they're true psychos. <laughs> this is going to be, you're either Duke basketball junkie or you're a Duke basketball flunky. And this will be a good question for all listeners, and especially you. <laughs> I love when you try to embarrass me. Go ahead. <laughs> That's not the, the answer. I just I don't know the answer. Whatever the you're going to ask. Okay. In the Coach K era, there have been seven Naismith National Player of the Year. Okay. Can you name them all? Well, Naismith, particularly Naismith Player of the Year. But okay. Yeah. Shane Battier. Boom. One. Uh, Christian Leitner. Two. Grant Hill. No. Danny Ferry. Three. Uh, who got it in '94 when, when we when Grant Hill was uh, who got it in '90 '94? Well, whatever. Uh, who else? Player of the year, Jason Williams. Yes, uh, I'll go with Naismith Player of the Year. Definitely right wasn't now. You're before. trending towards flunky. <laughs> Hold you get, on. You get six out of seven. Hold on a sec. You're, you're, you're like a second tier status junkie. You get seven <laughs> of seven, you're a true junkie. All right. Um, I was thinking about the... Uh, Just think about all the... Uh, sure. I, I've, I've lost track. You put pressure on me here live on the uh, the podcast. Wow. This is a, Mike, this is embarrassing. You got three so far. Three? What are you talking about? I got more than three. You've lost track. Think about all the great players. Danny Furry, Christian Leitner, Jason Williams. Three. Didn't I name someone else? No. Well, you named Grant Hill, and that was an You never won the Naismith Player of the Year. Oh, I named Shane Batty as well. Shane Batty, four. Yeah, I had four. You were You're missing three. Let's go. Okay, dude. All right. Uh, the other players of the year. Well, certainly not Kyrie. Not Okafor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It's not Boozer. It's not Elton Brand. 99. Someone have? Nobody, nobody deserved them on the 99 team. Uh, Brand was one. Oh, Brand did get it? On Brand, 99. Oh, so that's five. I wouldn't have thought. J.J. Redick? J.J. Redick is six. I wasn't sure J.J. Redick did. Uh, he, he might have shared it with uh, Adam Morrison, but that, def- that yeah, sounds right. definitely won it. Yeah, we went out in the Sweet 16 that year to uh, yeah, but they to voted LSU. Yeah, they voted for then. Uh, seventh? I'd be surprised if you got the seventh. Well, sounds like a challenge. I mean, it it wasn't Hurley. I mean, Leitner might have. Couldn't have been Hurley. Could have been. Actually, yeah, no. Well, Hurley did play in '93 without Leitner. Yes. Lost Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd. Also a Hall of Fame uh, finalist. Pretty good player. Uh, 
Uh, Johnny Dawkins? Yes. Yeah. 86. Johnny yeah. Dawkins. Uh... Well, I have to take issue because uh, Grant Hill, Grant Hill should have won it. I guess maybe Glenn Robinson won it that year. Glenn Robinson was a clear deserving player of the year that year. Well, Grant Hill was the better pro and the better team player. I and mean, he just because down in the Elite Eight, I think. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Mark Macon was good that year too. Thirty-seven points a game. Uh, okay, that was a cool trivia question. Thanks for putting me on the spot. You could you could reverse the table next time. Bring in some trivia questions. Uh, I hate trivia, man. No, I don't know. Well, I'll ask you this. Here's a question for you: Can you name every assistant coach? Under Coach K in the Duke in Coach K's Duke tenure, no. Just name name all twenty six. No, I can't. No, go. I can't. <laughs> I'll take the over on the twenty six though. Let's see if you can name ten of them in thirty seconds. Shire, Capel, Nolan Smith, um, Chris Collins, Wojciechowski, Amaker, Johnny Dawkins. Um, Tim O'Toole, Quinn Snyder, Mike Bray. Bam, did it. You want to keep going? No, people have frozen <laughs> off now. They've already deleted our... Uh, Can't forget Pete Gaudette, the only other uh, official head coach right. during the Coach K era. Taught me in the PE, PE basketball my, uh, my sophomore year at Duke. Your stellar undergraduate years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. It's been the, uh, another lively episode of the Duke Basketball Junkies. We'll come at you probably in a week after we've got Louisville Wednesday night and then I believe Syracuse on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, we'll probably do another one uh, Sunday night, next Sunday. And we'll do another one after the UNC game. And then we'll do uh, another one after the ACC tournament. Yep. And uh, then after we get knocked out in the first round, we'll do an NBA draft preview after that. Hopefully we get a one (laughs) seed and we get a nice easy cupcake path to... Yeah. San Antonio. I guess we had a recruit in, like another recruit, somebody starting EJ with... EJ Montgomery, I think. started with an E. I love yeah. people to start with E. EJ Montgomery was in. Uh, he, like, gave a breakdown. Uh, he, like, like a, I think it was a 247 Sports, like, post-breakdown of his visit. Okay. Uh, you know, oh, he's got a little blog or vlog going? Something, something. It didn't sound like, like we were it, necessarily, to For me. Him. Yeah, I mean, it was like pretty a pretty formal thing. He didn't express that much enthusiasm. Like, I got to see a practice. I got to see it. And it was just sort of a rundown. So, who knows? Maybe we'll get at him like That's everybody uh, else. Virginia Tech. That was the game. He was a big guy. And yeah. what, what what was interesting is, I think the one comment I thought was interesting is he just mentioned that big guys get a lot of usage at Duke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, maybe this guy's a young guy. So he's just watching. Yeah. He's thinking of Okafor. He's thinking of... Bagley and Carter, yeah, and not every other big guy. The previous twelve years that got like no usage, right? Yeah, so good, good, good for Duke remaking its big man image. Yeah, remember it, we couldn't get a big guy because uh, we didn't have a big man coach. Right, Wojo was a big man's coach. Um, yeah, yeah. The twenty nineteen class I think only has one signed guy, a top twenty five guy. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Javin and uh, O'Connell light it up. I'm rooting for him. I am rooting, rooting for him. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. As always, uh, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, it helps. 
Uh, you can always send us an email at dubasketballjunkies at gmail.com. Uh, over and out. Go Duke. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.